All right, all right. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Is everybody awake this morning? Good morning. Okay, hallelujah. There you go. The drummer had some coffee. He's ready to go. Everybody, this is my daughter, McKinley. I'm Jeremy. I lead worship at the 16 campus. This is my daughter, McKinley. She is getting to lead for the Impact Weekend, which is like this is the last session of the whole Impact Youth Weekend. They'll be joining us at the 1030 service. But some of these songs might be new for you, but uh, uh, we just want to introduce them to you. This, is on, uh, this one's called Prodigals, you know, and it talks about the, uh, the prodigal son being a long way off. Jesus saw him, or it, the, the reference to the father saw him from a distance. And he, uh, and, and he ran to him and, uh, and embraced him. And that's just such a powerful thing. And that's what God does for us. Why don't you guys stand on up with us?
associate here on campus. I just wanted to welcome you this morning. If this is your first time visiting us, welcome. I'm so happy that you're here. We have a few ways we'd love to get connected with you. You can text the number 904-441-6900, the word connect to that number, just to get connected with us. And we'd love to gift you something in the atrium at our welcome desk. So make sure you stop by there. And if you are not, this is not your first time here. If you are a member here, we would love um, for you to give. If you feel led to give, you can give by texting 904-441-6900, the word give, or we do have boxes in the atrium as well as uh, here in the CLC if you'd like to drop something off there. You guys can go ahead and have a seat also. We're going to talk for just a minute. Yeah, I think Jeremy mentioned it here. We must have missed that in the, uh, in the, in the transition here a little bit. Yeah. So my name is Jeremy. I'm the youth pastor here as well, and um, we just want to say welcome and this is Allie, our youth associate, and we're just glad to be here with you yeah. guys this morning. Amen. Get the next one, too? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you saw, if you happen to drive by this weekend, saw some kids running around yesterday, and you're like, what is going on there? That was us. It was a student ministry. We had something called Impact Weekend happen this past, week, this past weekend. still happening now. Um, we're going to have our kids in the 1030 service, and we're going to give away the ASM Cup in that service, but uh, it is because of your generous giving that we were able to have Impact Weekend in the very first place. We saw amazing things happen this weekend. We saw kids come to know Jesus for the first time, kids that have never set foot in church come to church. It was an amazing, blessed time, and I'm so happy that I got to be a part of that. Um, so if you wouldn't mind bowing your heads with me, I'm going to go ahead and bless our offering this morning. God, we come to you in Jesus' name, Lord, just so 
grateful for this time to be together, God. Grateful to be able to give back that you give to us, Lord, in the first place, God. I just pray that you'll bless our tithes and offerings this morning. I pray that it will all be given to you for your glory, Lord, and your glory alone. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. I'd like to just share a, a quick little thing as well. We had kids get saved this weekend. We had kids rededicate their life, even last night. Amen, yeah, let's give God some praise for that. To build his kingdom, not ours, right? So last night I'm editing this video that you're gonna see here in just a little bit and I'm getting all ready to go and it's like super, super late already and I'm exhausted and ready and my phone rings and the seniors call and they say, hey, Pastor Jeremy, we have one of our kids who wants to get baptized. I was like, awesome, cool, that's so great. Tonight, and I was like, all right, let's do it. So even last night at the stroke of midnight, so actually at the beginning of today, March 5th at 12 o'clock, and we baptized a kid, his name is Targon, in the ocean just last night. Amen? Yeah, amen. Pretty cool. We have been blessed to be led by um, a good friend of mine. His name is Dan Elkins. He's been a youth pastor in Jacksonville for like the last like 19 years, a couple of different churches. And um, we went, we go way back to, to our college days at the University of Florida, go Gators. And, um, um, and he's an awesome dude. He loves teenagers and um, has, loves to minister to them. He loves to preach the word. And dude, he brought it this weekend and really just challenged us all. Our theme is called Hello Goodbye. And too many people lean into the pain of life and just kind of let it have power over them. So we challenged our students to say goodbye to the, to the work of the devil in their lives and hello to the work of the Lord in their lives. Goodbye to the sin, goodbye to the shame, goodbye to the guilt, goodbye to the hurt, um, goodbye to all of that bitterness and hello to the love, to the joy, to the peace, to the goodness, to the grace, to the mercy, to the forgiveness and allow that to have power in our life. And it's been an awesome weekend. Yeah. We gotta keep training our students because it's such a hard world that they live in. It's a hard world that we all live in. And so um, in just a little bit, Pastor Dan is gonna come and bring the final message of our, of our weekend retreat. So let me just show you a little bit about what um, we've been doing all weekend.
it's been an awesome weekend. When you see the youth leaders collapse at the end, it's from keeping up with the kiddos. I'm not going to lie. You guys ready to worship some more? Come on, stand all night.
continue in worship. This one might be a new one for you as well. It's called Honey in the Rock. Because uh, just like God provided for the Israelites thousands of years ago, he provides for us. And now um, our God is so good. There's honey in the rock.
trust in him. Amen. God is good. You guys can be seated this morning. Anastasia Baptist Church. So good to be with you this morning. Uh, as we get to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ every Sunday morning, get the opportunity to open up God's Word. And it's a privilege of mine to stand before you this morning and open up God's Word. As Pastor Jeremy mentioned, my name is Dan Elkins. Uh, I've been a youth pastor here in Northeast Florida for the past 19 years. First Baptist Church of Jacksonville, Florida, the last two and a half years at Fruit Cove Baptist Church. And I knew Jeremy when he had hair. Well, I don't know. Maybe he didn't even have hair in college. We were in college together years ago. Uh, we won't mention the exact number of years ago that we were together. But I've had an, an absolute blast hanging out with your students this weekend, middle school and high school students, both from here and from the 16 campus, spending all sorts of time having fun, playing games, eating food, recreation, Bible studies, small group times, not a whole lot of sleep. Um, and so it's been great to be with you this, uh, this weekend, be with your students in an incredible weekend. It has been, as Jeremy mentioned, uh, the theme this year was hello and goodbye. And we've been talking about how we can't allow fear to hold us back from God's best in our life, but we need to cling to the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. And so, so far we've talked about saying goodbye to things as you saw in the video, like despair and sadness and saying hello to peace, saying goodbye to fear and failure and people pleasing and say hello instead to love. Say goodbye to the shame of past sins and say hello to freedom. And so by looking at these three of our spiritual heroes and Moses and David and Elijah, we saw that even men of God who loved God and walked with him even had overwhelming situations in their life, but that God was faithful. He was faithful to speak to them and he's faithful to speak to us. When we're at the end of our rope, he speaks to us, he helps us 
when the pressures of life become too much to bear and he will rescue us from life's pits if we will just trust him. So today comes to the fourth and final message of our weekend. Uh, Pastor Jeremy said I could just repeat the three messages. You don't, guys wouldn't mind staying for a couple hours. We'll just have you guys kept caught up to speed. Okay, maybe not. We'll just pick you guys up uh, here in the fourth message. We're gonna be in the book of Job this morning. Job chapter three, if you have a copy of God's word with you, you can turn to that this morning. It's a, uh, Job is a very familiar person to those of us that have studied God's word. He's a familiar person that represents many times an example of someone who is suffering. Someone that is suffering that is out of that person's control. And when you, those of us that know what happened to Job before you get to chapter three, we know that this suffering was overwhelming, if not truly horrific. But we see in Job someone who never turned his back on his faith, never cursed God, never lost his integrity, but he sure was hurting. I don't, I don't know who you are as you walked into this room this morning, but I have no doubts that there were people that walked into this room hurting. People that walked into this room going through something that if other people knew what you were going through, they would literally be horrified at the suffering that you were going through. And it wasn't easy for Job. All of us in this room go through hurtful situations in life. If you're not going through a hurtful situation in your life right now, then you just got out of a hurtful situation in your life. Or, hold on, you're about to go into a hurtful situation in the future. And so if we study Job's life, there are answers in God's word that help us when we go through painful situations that are out of our control. That God can help us, give us the strength and the hope we need to say goodbye to the sin and the suffering that we have to go through, situations that are out of our control. So I titled today's message, God's Plan Always and Forever. God's Plan Always and Forever. We turn to Job chapter three, and Job is lamenting his birth. He says in chapter three, after this, all that had happened to Job, Job opened his mouth and he cursed the day of his birth. And Job said, let the day perish on which I was born and the night that said a man is conceived. Let the day be darkness and may God above not seek it nor light shine upon it. Let gloom and deep darkness claim it. Let clouds dwell upon it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it that night. Let thick darkness seize it. Let it not rejoice among the days of the year. Let it not come into the number of the months. Now, someone might read that text without any context. You may have come into this room, you may have been invited by somebody, you don't know who Job is. You may not have ever read Job chapter one or chapter two, which, by the way, let's be honest, if any of us have read Job, we've pretty much read you know, chapter one, chapter two, maybe flipped to the end to find out how the story ends. But most of us have not done a deep dive into this entire book of Job. But, but if you don't know the context, you might hear what I just read and go like, whoa. Like, this, this guy's being a little dramatic, isn't he? Like, you know, oh, I wish I wasn't even born. Let, let's be honest. How many of us are, are sometimes a little dramatic, right? How many of us were a little dramatic this morning? We're gonna be late. We gotta get to church, right? You showed up and you got five minutes left to spare. Why are you being so dramatic, right? Job, Job is, 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 is saying, I wish I was never born. If we're honest, all of us can be dramatic. I can be dramatic. You can be dramatic. Moses was dramatic. David was dramatic. Elijah was dramatic. 
But have you ever been dramatic and realized later on it wasn't such a big deal? I have. My wife can testify to that, right? But Job has a few things that just, if we're being honest, it contributed to being dramatic. He was suffering deeply. He had lost everything. Again, I, I don't have time this morning to read all that happened to him, but if you read Job 1 and Job 2, you will see Job lost everything. He was walking with God and God had blessed him. And then Satan came to God and got permission to, to cause suffering to Job, to test his faith. And Job lost everything. He lost his wealth. He lost his children. He lost his business. He lost his home. He lost his health. He lost everything. Job was the original country music song. He lost his truck. He lost his dog. He lost his wife. Well, he, did, he didn't lose his wife, but if you read what she said in Job chapter two, she might as well have been gone at that point. But in all of those things, all of his loss, right? All of his loss of income, wealth, health, all of that, even his family. The Bible says in Job 1, 21 and 22, it says, Job said, naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I shall return, the Lord gave, and the Lord take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It says, in all that Job did, he did not sin or charge God with wrong. Again, in chapter two, when his wife comes to her, comes to Job and says, curse God and die, Job says to his wife in Job 2.10, you speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God and not receive evil? In, the, in all of this, Job did not sin with his lips. That's what you know about Job. You know that even in the midst of horrific situations, Job says, blessed be the name of the Lord, right? Am I right? So you come in here this morning and the pastor gets up and he starts reading, cursing the day of his birth. Let the day on which I was born perish, the night that I was conceived. Let the day be darkness, let gloom and deep darkness claim it and let thick darkness seize it. Whoa, 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 Job, I thought you were the, one of the good guys. I thought you dealt with all this suffering and you didn't curse God. You didn't lose your integrity. Well, just because you have faith in God doesn't mean that you go through difficult situations that are overwhelming. That you don't get to times in your life where you, you say, God, I, I don't understand what is going on, that the pain is so overwhelming that you wish you weren't there to experience it. But what the pain is causing Job to forget here in this moment of chapter three is all the good things that had come from his life before this and definitely wasn't looking ahead to what the Lord had planned. But what we do see is number one, God has always had a plan. God has always had a plan. He is, he is wishing that he was never born, but what God's word tells us is that God knew Job before he was even conceived, before he was even born, long before he even knew himself. Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and I set you Apart. Psalm 139, 13 and 14 says, For you created my inmost beings. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am what? Fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible teaches us and tells us that every single person in this room, God has always had a plan for your life. 
He has had a plan for your life long before you go through pain and suffering, that God has a plan and a purpose even before you were born. As, as a youth pastor that has devoted my life to preaching God's truth to young people, I remind them over and over and over again that God has a purpose for your life. He has a plan for your life. He's, he's known you before you were even born, and if you will just trust him, if you will just follow him, then he will lead you and he will guide you because he has your best in mind. God had a plan for me. Before I was born, God set me apart. And God has a plan for you. Whoever you are in this room, no matter what has happened in your life, no matter what you're going through right now, God has always had a plan. From the beginning, before the beginning. So even when Job is saying, I wish that I was never born, God says, I'm glad that you were born because I have a plan for you. He says in verse nine, let the stars of its dawn be dark and let it hope for light. Let it hope for light. When the darkness is overwhelming, when the darkness is all around you, when you, when you can feel the darkness come around you, the light is coming. The light is coming because the Bible teaches us and tells us that God has a plan for mankind and, and, and when the darkness is overwhelming that Christ can come. Long before Christ was born, God had a plan for Christ. It says all the way back in the book of Genesis chapter three, he, he prophesied, he told Adam and Eve that there was a rescuer, a redeemer, a, a, a savior that was coming that would crush Satan's head. Plans have always been in place and plans will always be in place. These horrific events in Job 1 and 2 caught Job by surprise, but they didn't catch God by surprise. The Bible tells us that God is omniscient, right? Do you believe that? Do you know that? That God knows all things? That God, God knew things and you see that this, this picture looking into Job 1 and 2, you see that God was not the originator of these things, that it was Satan, that Satan was trying to attack Job, but God knew. 1 John 3, 20 tells us that for whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart because he knows everything. And knowing that God has always had a plan, that he knows all things, we can trust that not only has God always had a plan, but number two, God will always have a plan. That no matter what you have done or whatever has been done to you, you can trust that God has a plan going forward. That yes, God knew you before you were even born. Yes, that there was a plan laid out that you were set apart, but also know that God will have a plan. He will help you in your times of need. Number two, God will always have a plan. Job clearly shows us here that God knew and he allowed Satan to test Job's faith. But it wasn't like God was just sitting up there in heaven saying, hmm, I wonder what's gonna happen. When he tells Satan you can do anything to him but just don't hurt him, God knew exactly what Satan was gonna do. He also knew how Job was gonna respond. When Satan comes back in chapter two and says, well, it's because you didn't let me hurt him. He says, okay, hurt him, but don't kill him. God knew exactly what Satan was gonna do. And he knew exactly how Job was going to respond. God knew, but he hadn't filled Job in on this plan, 
right? Job's the one that's in the middle of the storm. Job's the one in the middle of the suffering that was no fault of his. The Bible tells us it was not because of his sin or other people's sin, that this was, this was suffering that was out of his control. And so Job does what many of us do. He asks God, why? Look at verse 11. Job says, why did I not die at birth? Verse 12, why did the knees receive me? Verse 16, or why was I not hidden as a stillborn child? Why, God? Good question. Anybody here ever been taught not to question God? <laughs> right? Okay, good. I don't see very many hands, right? Um, so I remember growing up that it was, it was kind of, I don't know if it was clearly taught to me, but there was this, this understanding that if you were a good Christian and you had faith in God, that you just need to trust God and you, know, you don't question God, but Job here is questioning God. God Job here is, is, is saying, saying why? And so this is a little tricky, so I want everybody to listen very carefully, right? I believe that this passage teaches us that we can ask God why. Let me, let me fill you in a little secret. God already knows you're wondering it. He can see inside your head. So you asking him, you actually asking him in prayer why, he already knows what's on your heart. He, he can already see it. He already knows everything and he can handle it. He knows what's on our mind. We can ask him why as long as we don't get the idea that God owes us an explanation. That's where we, that's where we struggle. It's not with saying, God, why is this happening to me? God, why? I don't, I don't understand why I'm having to go through this right now. I, 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 I go to church, I tithe, I follow you, I've memorized John 3, 16. Like, God, what, what, why? I don't understand. Just, just don't always expect an, an explanation. Isn't that what we do? We ask God why and then we just tap our toe and say, come on, God, tell us why'd this happen? I don't understand. You know, we, we act like we deserve God to explain it to you. But think about it. Even if God did explain it to you, would it really help the pain and the heartache that you're going through? Sometimes, maybe, most of the time, not really, right? Your leg's broken, you can get an x-ray. They'll tell you it's broken. They ain't gonna fix it, right? God, God doesn't, owe us, he doesn't owe us an explanation, but certainly we can, we can ask, and that's where faith comes in. Do you trust God or not? 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, For we do not focus on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Focus on the unseen. Focus on your faith. God's got this. You can trust him. He's got a plan, but it still doesn't take the pain away. Some of you are like Job. You've gone through so much and you have the scars to prove it. Not just physical scars, but emotional and spiritual scars for the pain that you've gone through. I was blessed as a, as a very active young boy in my life that I never broke a bone. All right, where's some wood? All right, I've never, I've never had a cast on my body before. I've never broken a bone. But there's been many, many times where I've had stitches, right? Stitches in my lip, stitches in my eyebrow, stitches on my finger, stitches in my arm, stitches in my side. 
I cut myself open all over the place, right? I, I mean, I was just an active little boy climbing up in tomato mesh things, you know, having baseballs hit me in the face to going 60 miles an hour. There's just things that happen when you're a little boy. I, I mean, some of them out of your control. And what I began to learn as I, as I had all these, these healing stitches on my body is that when the, the body heals and the stitches are removed, there's a, there's a scar that's left behind. And, and even though the wound is closed, the scars are still there. They're, they're, they're a little harder than what was originally there. There's not as much feeling as was there before. They, they may itch or they may still have some residual pain. They're, they're, they're hardened. Now, now imagine the hardest days of your life, right? Causing you to have scars. And these scars are noticeable by other people. But in Job's situation, the scars that he experienced were written down in God's holy word for billions of people to read for thousands of years. And how he responded in those situations. Thank the Lord that God hasn't written down my suffering and that my being dramatic down in God's word. And so the hardness that we feel in our scars, it's okay to, to, to have some, some questions about why we're having to go through this, but trust that God has a plan. There's a reason why. Just like there's a reason why you have gone through things that you have gone through. And even those things that are completely out of your control are gone through for a reason. And what you see in Job's life is the suffering that he goes through that is out of his control the pain that he experiences, the scars that he has, that God uses that for his good and his glory. And so the last thing that we see in this passage is that God's plan, whatever it is, won't waste our pain. God's plan won't waste our pain. Job says in verse 20, why is light given to me who is in misery and life to the bitter soul? who long for death, but it comes not. Verse 23, why is light given to a man whose way is hidden, whom God has hedged in? Verse 25, for the thing that I fear comes upon me and what I dread befalls me. I am not at ease, I am just, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, but trouble comes. It's in this moment when God is saying these things that he doesn't understand the plan. He's confused, he's hurt. Just like we are when pain and suffering God, suffering comes. But thankfully for us, we can flip ahead and know how the story ends. We don't, you don't know how your story ends. I don't know how your story ends. God does. God always has a plan. He always will have a plan. The pain that you're going through, God's plan will not waste that pain. But in Job's situation, we can flip to the end of the story and find out what happened to Job. And I'm not talking about the very end, verse 42, where it says the Lord restored the fortunes of Job. When he prayed for his friends, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. That was part of God's plan for Job. That, I'm, not, I'm not preaching this morning that, that that's God's plan for you. I'm not one of those type of pastors, right, that, that, pre that preaches if you lost something, God's gonna double it in the future. He might. God can do whatever he wants to do. I'm not talking about that part of God's plan. You might have lost a lot of things in your life. God's plan might be to restore to you or maybe not. But look what happens to Job later in the story. What was God doing? Job 19 verses 25 through 28 says this. And this is how I want you to really think about Job when you think about him. Job says in, verse, in chapter 19, he says, for I know 
that my Redeemer lives. And at the last, he will stand upon the earth. After my skin has thus been destroyed and my flesh, I shall see God. Whom shall I shall see for myself and my eyes shall behold and not another. My heart faints within me. If you say, how will we pursue him? And the root of the matter is found in him. Any pain and suffering that we go through on this earth is causing us to be drawn to God, drawn to faith, to have an understanding of God and who he is and what he has done for us. Part of God's plan for Job was to not allow the pain that he was going through to go to waste. It was for Job to proclaim, my redeemer lives. Job had faith, and that faith through the pain and suffering held strong. And thus Job could stand up and say, yes, part of God's plan is for me to go through this suffering that I didn't have anything to do with, but my redeemer lives. This was written thousands of years before Jesus of Nazareth walked this earth, thousands of years before he died on the cross, was buried, and three days later rose again. But yet God used the pain in Job's life to proclaim for generation after generation that his redeemer lives, that Jesus is real. And so I don't know who's in this room. I don't know if you know Jesus Christ in a real and personal way like Job did in the midst of pain, pain to declare my redeemer lives, but today you can. Today you can know that Savior in a real and personal way. Then the pain and suffering that you go through reminds you what you have to look forward to. Hebrews 13 says, for we have, not, we have no lasting city, but we seek that city that is to come. And 1 Chronicles 29 says, for we are strangers and sojourners in this wicked land as all of our fathers were. Our days on this earth are like a shadow. I can't stand up here this morning and pretend to know everything that you're going through. I can't stand up here and predict how God is gonna use the pain that you've experienced, the scars that you have, but I know someone who does. I know that Jesus won't let the pain that you've gone through go to waste, but he will use it for your good and his glory. He has a plan. He has a plan for what it is that you're going through. But I do know beyond a shadow of a doubt, no matter what it is that you've gone through, that God knows. God knows. And whatever it is that you've gone through, God has given you an opportunity both to deepen your faith and to share your faith with the world. What Job went through was so horrific that if, it, if that same thing happened to any one of us in this room, we would probably end up in a hospital somewhere. Mentally, physically, just completely broken down. And Job does end up broken down in an ash pit. But even in those difficult moments, he can say, my redeemer lives. God always had a plan. He always will have a plan. And whatever, I go, whatever pain I go through will not go to waste. And if you're in this room today and you will trust him and you will follow him, even when things don't make sense, God will show you the way, always and forever. Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I understand when I'm preaching a passage like this that there are people in the audience that are listening to Job's story and listening to God's word and listening to this preacher that is preaching and you're sitting in that seat saying, 
this guy doesn't have any clue what I'm going through. And I don't. Again, I don't pretend that I do know what you're going through. And like I said, I'm not a fortune teller. I I, I can't tell you what's gonna happen from this in the future. And I'm not gonna give you any false assurances that you're gonna get the things back that you've lost. You get your truck back, you get your car back. I'm not gonna promise you that because you may not. But I can stand before you and promise you beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus knows. He knows everything that you've gone through because he knew you before you were even born. And God has had a plan for your life all along. God had that plan that led some of you in this room to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Do you remember that? Do you remember when you gave your heart and your life to Jesus Christ? I don't know if you were a small child, young boy, young girl. Maybe some of you were teenagers when you gave your life to Christ. Maybe some of you were were. were 20-year-old hippies that had given your heart and life to Jesus Christ. But do you remember that? Do you remember that moment that you gave your heart and life to Jesus Christ? That wasn't by accident. That wasn't by accident. God, God allowed the things in your life to lead you to that point where you decided to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And he might do it again today for somebody in this room. For somebody in this room, you may have come into this room for lots of different reasons. But for whatever reasons you walked in this room and the hurt and the pain and the scars of your life have kept you from going all in with Jesus, giving him your full life and your faith and your trust. You've been waiting for God to give you an explanation of why the things happened to you that happened to you when you were a child or a teenager or an adult. God doesn't owe you an explanation. God wasn't maybe not even the author of the evil that happened to you, but he knows He knows what you've gone through. What he's wanting you to do is he was wanting you to decide, would you trust him? Would you have faith in him? Would you think about the things that are unseen, not the things that are seen? And so if you're in this room, young or old, and today the Holy Spirit has convicted your heart that you need to stop waiting to see why, but that you will trust that one day you will see your Savior face to face. One day, you will stand before Jesus on his throne in heaven and you will say, on that day, March the 6th, 2023, I put my faith and trust in you, not understanding, not knowing, not understanding why, but giving my life to Christ. So if that's you right there where you're sitting with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I want you to pray and I want you to talk to God. I want you to ask him to forgive you of your sins and give your heart and life to him. In just a moment, the man's gonna sing one more song. We're gonna stand. I'm gonna be right down here in the front. If you're in this room and you have given your life to Christ or you wanna give your life to Christ, I pray that you do that. For many of you in this room, I, I, I hope and I trust that you have given your life to Christ, that you do have saving faith. If not, let today be the day of your salvation. But if you are saved, How many of us will be honest and admit that when we go through difficult things, sometimes not even that difficult things, we wanna blame God or we wanna ask God why? Why, why did this happen? And hopefully today you'll see that you need to say goodbye to just even feeling like you need an explanation. Say goodbye to the pain that was out of your control and say hello to the strength and hope comes for Jesus Christ. God, we don't know all the reasons why things happen to us, but we do know that you've got a plan. You always have a plan. You always have had a plan. You always will have a plan. Even when we go
go away from the plan that you have for us. You still have a plan. No matter how far we run away from you, God, you still have a plan. And so I pray for men and women, boys and girls, that maybe today they will, will put a stake in the ground and say, today I am putting my faith and trust in Jesus Christ and my Redeemer lives. I pray for other men and women in this room that need to just have stronger faith and trust that even though they don't know why things are happening to, you, to them, that they will trust you and they will follow you. I pray for, dear Lord, for anybody in this room that has a decision to make, to proclaim publicly that they're a Christian or to join this church or to be baptized or whatever it is that they need to do in this room. I pray that in this time of invitation that you will stir in the hearts of men and women that they respond to what it is that you're calling them to do. But for all of us in, in this room, help us, dear Lord, to trust you even in our most difficult days. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Will you stand and sing as they sing this theme song from Impact Weekend? I'm here down in the front. If you need to make a decision this morning, you come down here and we'll pray together and talk.
ministry still happens. We just pray that you guys have a great week. God bless you guys as you go.